0: Welcome to the MK Performance Chat.
1: Of course, special mention goes to my sponsors and supporters, in particular S-Fuels for performance and lifestyle nutrition along with hydration, Team Purpose for racewear and training apparel, and of course, my personal sponsors that have contributed to my triathlon journey over the last four years, Kerry Logistics and Hunter Campbell Recruitment. And welcome to the MK Performance Chat, where we talk about everything from training to racing, sports psychology to nutrition, mostly centred around triathlon, but completely applicable to any athlete within their chosen sport. My name is Matt Kerr, and most recently I've become the 2021 Age Group Ironman World Champion at Utah St. George. On these chats, I'm joined by my coach, Grant Schofield, in fact, Professor Grant Schofield to discuss age group relevant topics that we both believe are some of the most basic and most fundamental principles that any athlete can apply to their training and racing program. Of course we all want to experience success. We want to share our story. We want other age groupers to experience success and we believe we have some of the key principles that any age grouper can apply to their training and racing program. Since the success at St George, both Grant and I have been overwhelmed with the response from the age group community. People wanna know how we do things, what we do. In fact, we certainly do and have done things very differently. Here's our opportunity to give back and help those that are out there and answer some of your questions and provide vital information which we can only hope you apply to your training program. Grant Scafield here with h Triton Triathlon World Champion, Matt Kerr. How's it going, Matt? Good, thank you. Good, good. Um, what are we today? We are Saturday evening for us, uh, yeah. Sunday back home.
2: So we're two weeks away from, uh, I'm in Triathlon World Championships in Kona, and this is on the series of little ongoing casts just to, uh, I don't know, just, Talk about what happens in these sorts of build ups and little training camps, that sort of thing. Plus, I suppose, talk about some of the things that we've experimented with over the years that we've found useful. And today, I thought we might do some psychology. Mm.
0: Yeah.
2: The deep. The deep. Oh, well, it's not that deep actually, but it's, <laughs> well, we think it's psychology. That's where i think it's psychology, but we think it's psychology. You know, um, why don't we just talk about what, what did you do today? What was the session?
1: Uh, today, Saturday, we had last longish ride. Uh, when we say long ride, it was four and a half. Yeah. or just over four and a half hours. Um, first two hours were just easy aerobics. So that's for me between 200, 210 Watts. Like um, 120 heart rate or something. 120 heart rate. Yep. Um, so into that session fasted with yeah actually a cup of coffee or coffee beforehand um, so two hours of that out of the way and then um, the last two and a half hours were simulating some um, Ironman efforts or 30 minute blocks and within those 30 minutes uh, there was 20 minutes on power so that was um, a range of different powers from 280 to 270 280 again and then up to 290 for the last one uh, and then the 10 minutes off was sort of around 220 watts and big focus today was trying to, uh, get our fluid consumption, you know, up as much as we could, um, and had a number in mind there and also, um, everything else that goes with that around sodium and, uh, and practicing with some, uh, carbohydrate intake, et cetera.
2: So one thing we've been talking about today after that, well, first of all, we didn't quite nail that. Is You still didn't quite have enough fluid, but you had quite a lot. We're aiming for about one and a half liters an hour.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think we got almost that, about maybe 1.4 short. Yeah, yeah. A liter of it. So actually almost an hour short. So it was a bit of a, yeah, that was good, but we're just getting up to that level. Yeah. Yes. Um, but we've been saying, well, you've been saying to me that you think we've learned quite a bit in, just being here in Maui in these hot conditions that we could take to other more temperate climates
1: to work with that. Mm, within training and racing, I think, um, and just the vast um, impact that, you know, this whole fluid thing, which we which is a big thing here because of the heat and the humidity of keeping as cool as possible, um, and that's by the means of all, keeping as hydrated as possible, that's one thing, and also keeping as trying to keep as cool as possible and doing different things that, uh, enable that, which actually, uh, we've learned, or I've learned, I think we've both learned pretty well that, that we can use it in other aspects of, uh, racing and training outside of just this prep for Kona. So like you're in New Zealand or Australia over
2: summer, it could be warm, it might be even sort of hot, but not anything be here. No. Uh, and... We've never really been weighing ourselves or thinking about the flu intake this exactly, but I bet you there's been heaps of sessions that with. What, well, said, hang on, I use the, we're using the word we here, just to be clear about this. When I say we, I mean, Matt doing it and me watching it.
1: <laughs> Prescribing it. We're talking about 80% coach, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the performance is 80% coach. <laughs> yeah, okay.
2: yeah, not really. They, uh. But that's, that's the thing that I think we've probably realized is that there's been numerous trainer sessions or bricks. We probably haven't consumed hardly anything, mm-hmm. haven't thought much about it. Jim got thirsty,
1: but actually you'd probably weight would have been down three, four, five kilos. Yeah. And, and actually the cardiac drift has been a significant factor yeah. or a result of, um, the body's temperature just slowly increasing. And actually there's ways to minute, minimize that and, and, and mitigate that. Yeah. And so tracking
2: quite a lot, it's one of those things, having enough sodium is another thing, mm. uh, getting cold water on yourself, ice in the hands, we had a good practice with ice in the hands the other day, that was mm. good.
1: Yep, yep, yep. It was interesting actually, just going back to that ice in the hands, it's like, it must have been at least 12 months ago, I listened to a podcast, I can't remember what it was, and they talked about heat dumping out of the body, and yeah, that just stuck in my head actually, um, the three three most significant places to... Most effective places to dump heat out of the body: the palm of the hands, the feet, and the face. Um, obviously, feet you can't really do much dumping there while you're running because you've got shoes on. Yeah. Um, your face you can, and and your hands you can as well. So just experimenting with actually holding those ice cubes, um, we saw significant results <clears throat> on that long run the other day. Yeah, because it was pretty hot.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll forget about that and get into this. Oh, and coming up tomorrow is a couple of hours of.
1: Solid, I'm race pace riding and then an hour and a half run off. Like, mm. right. ride a little, ride some efforts a little higher as well. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, run off that. Yeah. Uh, okay, psychology. So, my approach
2: to psychology, uh, and actually, I was once a trained psychologist, not that it means I know anything about psychology, I'm just putting that out there uh, <laughs> for sure, because I don't I of this stuff anyway. Um, there's There's sort of two aspects. One's, just setting some goals up for a big event
0: that that make it, I don't know, like
2: make the whole thing more enjoyable, more fun, mm-hmm. uh, give you best chance of a more robust outcome. Um, and then the second thing is how those translate into your thinking during the event itself, uh, and how we deal with different aspects of course and things happening because there's all sorts of things going on. So let's just cover, this the
1: we, way we've approached this so,
2: mm. to, to tell us about the hierarchy of goals. Well,
1: we'd call it your yeah, hierarchy of goals. And I think you hit it, you got it pretty spot on there. It's like, whether it's the first or multiple Ironman that you've done, it can be quite intimidating and overwhelming turning up to an event and having to think about all these different things that you've got to do on the day. Right. Yeah. Um, so. Right from my first eye, man, where you coached me and mentored me to that start line, um, we came up with five, a list of five different things that was in a hierarchy of order. Of priority. Priority on the day that we wanted to achieve. And, um, I think any race that we go into that number one doesn't change. And what is it? Uh, that's to finish. Yeah so uh, so
0: I think that's just interesting for people out there is like you know, you you've done pretty well, you current world champion
2: over this distance, and yes, your number one goal, every race in position one has been to finish, yeah. and so that's bottom line, so if we just
1: achieve that goal, we've got somewhere there yeah and um, there's a there's been some success with. you know there might not have been a hundred percent success, but um we are still we're aiming to get that number one ticked off, right? No matter no matter what happens on the day. Yeah. Mechanical. Yeah. Um, where they end up walking segments of it. Yeah. Run walk. Yeah.
2: Still want to finish. Yeah. So that's that's always sits So even if we just get goal one and one. Uh what about goals two, three, four and so on? What are we thinking?
1: Mm. So they they've they've been the ones that have been um uh, they've changed. Yeah. Over the course of a, what we're doing in terms of the race, what type of race it is. Um, and also B, we talk about our time in the sport. Yeah, Those have certainly changed. So what are you thinking from Hawaii? I haven't actually talked about this specifically, so let's do that now. Yeah, right. Um, well, it's execution within those different um, sports. Okay, so what to, would you like to, to, to the swim? To narrow that down, um, is to swim up front. Yeah. Um, and and or have or as close to it as possible as close to it as possible, and yeah, swim well. Yeah, and you know there's going to be some good swimmers in your age group that can. There really we go. Yeah, so you want head yep. out. Yeah, yep. it's not necessarily to be number one out of the water, but it's to swim as close as we can up to the front, strong. Yeah, and put us in a good position, ready to get on the boat. Yep. Uh, bike? boat. Uh, execute the power. So, so that number for us is a goal, um, with and ride that with at least variability as possible. What's the number?
2: Uh, two eighty watts. So around two eighty watts normalized power, which yes. is normalized. Of course, doesn't count the fact when you're going along with no pedaling, which would be dividing by zero, zero, which would make yeah, some sense of average. So normalized only counts when you're pedaling. Yeah, true. Most of the time. So we're trying to keep a low variability at two eighty. So it's like. Uh, almost all of your power uphill, downhill, yeah. on the flat will be at 280c. Be shifting a lot. Yep. So that's achievable. Yep. Yep.
1: Uh, hopefully, and the run. Um, the run. I guess it gets broken up into different elements of having a successful run for me, and and that's running at a certain pace or a certain time zone. But also, what's going to enable me to do that is a bunch of different factors around um staying hydrated, being cool. Yeah. And taking on the the sodium count that I know I need for the duration of the event and the race. Yeah. So all going well, that run
2: probably would be if think, it goes smooth, it'd be somewhere around the three hour mark. Yeah. 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 Um given the, the conditions. Yeah. Um maybe a little
1: bit faster, but who knows? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So those <clears throat> two, three, four and five goals Yeah, for us start to become more specific about yeah what we want to execute on the day. Yeah. And none of those have anything to do with being, what,
2: winning the event. No. No. Which is... Completely out of our control. Right. There's some other guy who can just like... Turn up on the day. Turn up on the day and do you about
1: 10 minutes. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. And yeah. he could be riding it 320 watts. Well, he was always going to yeah. ride it 320 watts. Yeah, he can so they up to that pair and keep up with them. No. Yeah. Um and if that is if that does fall on the hierarchy yeah. goal, then it's it's quite a way down. It's in fact, it's yeah. at the bottom, right? Well I would say if I I don't know what to write your goals for you, but I would say you do the
2: finish, obviously. And then those swim, bike, and run goals that are executable they're really on doing stuff that you can control. Yeah. And um then the last one is uh, race, race as best you can, Finish at the front, as close to the front as you can. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's a hard question because you always get asked,
0: yeah. is the gold to go out and win? You know, that's
1: a common question. It's not really, is it? We no. I'd like to. You'd but, like to. But, but, but
0: I think, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think there's more uh, specifics than, like it's a bit more nitty gritty than that, right? Yeah. But my advice to everyone is just, yeah, you know,
2: that same hierarchy, just write your own ones down. So you know, I can't imagine anyone else has got one past them one that's not, finished. finish or maybe just getting to the start line and starting is actually taking the first one off. Mm. Um, actually we could do that. Cause yeah, you got to do that. That's, that's no main feat for most people. Yes. Uh, cool. so yeah,
1: then then finishing what you start and then spe- specific technical things, if it power, heart rate. Which are going to allow, yeah, which are going to allow you to get through the race, yes, as best as you can, yeah, yeah. Um, So that really goes to the, this
2: transition to this this next thing is the thought process during the event. So tell us about a few sort of different principles and rules that you use there. when things. Well, no, just
1: just in general, right? So you're not, yeah, you're not yeah. in the swim, obviously, worrying about the run. No, so <laughs> yeah, it's and I think you've taught me that pretty well. It's controlling the window that you're in at that point in time. And you know, when you're in the swim, for example, what are you doing right there at that point in that moment? And are you doing whatever you can as best as you can at that point in time? Yeah. Then there's the next window beyond that. Um and that window might be a two minute window, it might be a twenty second window. Um, what can I be doing in that next twenty to twenty seconds to two minutes? ahead. So there's a there's a bit of a thought pattern forward. Yeah. Um, which I think is quite good. You know, you're coming to the end of the swim and you're thinking, right, I'm coming out of coming out of the swim, what am I gonna do? I've got to grab my zipper, I've gotta do that, I've gotta take my goggles off, I've got to take my cap up, and then I'm I'm running to T1. And how am I running to T one? Am I doing it in a manner that's um uncontrollably putting my heart rate through the roof so Am I gonna just cool down a little bit and, yeah. and get into T one and then then once I get into T one, what do I do from there? So there's that little one step ahead, what are you doing? But there's also what am I doing exactly in this moment and am I doing it as best as I can Right. So you could be um you're getting yourself in a
2: upright body position for the deep water start. You could be routing a boy. Just talked about coming out of T one stuff. You could be clipping your shoes into the pedals. You could be just getting going. Yep. You could be coming yep. out for an aid station. You could know that there's gusts of wind coming up as you exit Yeah, something, or you, you know, whatever. So, yep. uh, and so the interesting thing about that, I thought, is that uh, you're not really in the state of thinking about this as a long event. It's actually like a series of little short
1: things that are constantly happening. And you just chip away at those, right? Yep. You think about them, you do them, execute them, hopefully well. And then you think about the next thing to do beyond that. I'm coming up to this aid station. I've got to ditch a bottle. I've got to get a bottle. Um, How am I going to do that? Am I going to try and grab the last one, the first one? What if I miss the first one? How am I going to grab the second one? Am I going to slow down? So Yeah, or there's other cyclists around me, so I might rather be in front of them because they might drop theirs and knock me off or
2: something. Right, yeah. Yeah, all those sorts of things. So those are constant, I guess, thoughts going through. Yeah, just to
1: that are in that space. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is all about doing what you can do. in in certain windows, right? Yeah. Yeah. So like you say, I'm not worried about how I'm going to start the run. Yeah. When I get out of the song. Yeah. Because there's time to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but even with all that, just, you know, extending what you're doing,
2: um, because we're humans and we're hardwired for negative thoughts, um, other things creep in, right? Mm-hmm. So tell us about that.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, when things don't, things are not going right. You know, you go to an aid station, you miss all of the bottles Yeah, or you find yourself and you've gone through a 30 minute window and you're down by 10 Watts on your power, what you should be. Yeah. Um, or you're, or you get a mechanical. Yeah. Or the wind's just blowing like it. Yeah. Like a what? I don't know. <laughs> like Maui. Yeah, like like the yeah like, yeah, like, yeah, like a bastard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't gonna say that. Um Yeah. And I guess recently and, and quite a strong thing I've I've kind of tried to think about is there's always a there's always a restart line. <clears throat> and it's about in your head drawing that line and you can't control what's happened already because what's done's done. So if you did miss that bottle, you're not going to turn around and go back to the aid station and get it again. Um, you're going to make a plan to restart your thought process and yeah. whatever you need to do um, and carry on. Because yeah. I think dwelling on something like that or dwelling on the fact that you've run 3K and those 3K have gone out, that window stretched out to 30 seconds per K, um, then what you want to do the more you think about it, it's not going to do any good. Yeah. So drawing that restart line and crossing that line wherever it is, whether you're on the bike or the run, or in fact in a swim, um, that's what's done's done is done, and you're into a new window. And how can I execute this next window as best as possible? Yeah. Um, and, and the worst case
2: scenario for that has actually happened, right? So you're at the, you know, twenty six k mark in the run. Yep. Yeah. And tell us about that. The it a couple of times. So it is a couple times.
1: Yeah. And yeah, but you just ping with cramp. Like, uh, like full body cramp. Full body cramps. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, so literally the, the, the muscles in your fingers and the muscles in your forearms, forearms are cramping. Are cramping. Your hand things are like, you just have to bend over to stretch the damn things out because they're. Just pinging. Yeah. Like. Quite bad. Yeah. And um,
2: Yes. I guess the first time that happened, you were sort of looking for a little bit of guidance around the thought process. Yeah, I was pretty fresh into it. Like, that was, I think, my second man, wasn't it? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think you were like, you um, oh, to the top of some hill in the middle of nowhere and you said to me, oh, I've got
1: full body cramps. Oh. And I was like, oh, yeah, I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting a little bit more than that, but yeah, yeah I heard the news. <laughs> news travels quick. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was... I guess, yeah, a, a huge sort of negative thought process because things are going pretty well until that point. And then something like that happens when you think you're tracking pretty well for a good day. And, you know, you come across something that's going to inhibit that significantly. Um, you just turn yourself into a bit of a negative. You turn the whole thing into a negative thought process. And am I even going to be able to finish? In fact, I can't even take one or two steps here. I'm, I'm bent over in pain. Um but yeah, it was literally breaking those windows down from say two minutes or ninety seconds into into steps. You know, step windows, one step, two step, and then we put a few of those together. Um ten steps together. Ten steps together. Or maybe we can get, you know, like ten steps worth of running here. So we'll try that. So that's a new window to start. Yeah. Um a bit of a run walk strategy. So um again. I think the more, obviously, the the more you come across these negative thoughts and dealing with them, the more adaptable you can be. Yeah. And, you know, it's not to say that you have to have them in order to to be able to create them or be able to execute them well, but um, it certainly helps a little bit. Okay. So what about this
2: uh, acceptance, commitment therapy side of things? I don't know if you actually know it's called that, but, uh, you know, when, You've got incoming information that's right. not that much fun. Uh, but you've got a massive headwind, um, or you're just actually hurting. Yeah. And so what do you do with that information? Yeah. Because yeah. you can use that information. You can, you can start to, I guess what we call fuse with that information. Yeah. This is the sort of technical psychological term with that. So you're, you're engaging with that negative thought and you're wrestling with it. Which, what, what does
1: that do to it? Well, it can do one or two things, right? Yeah. It can agitate you. And actually, stir you to develop those negative thought patterns. It's like, I'm going into this headwind, I've dropped down to 15K an hour, I'm pushing 300 watts, and I'm only doing 15K. Yeah. Well, that's going to create an element of negative thought. Yeah. And so, and it just magnifies, it starts to topple. Yeah. Yeah. And so you get
2: (laughs) get down on it, or you can uh, just, you can't delete, you can't go stop thinking about the headwind, or you can't stop the headwind. And you can't stop thinking about it no, exactly. because it's coming at you. And so the acceptance part is just noticing that you're had a negative thought about the headwind, right? Yes. Yeah. I've noticed that you're having a thought about it. So that's, that's just going, well, a, it's inevitable running into the headwind that I'm going to notice there's a headwind and I'm not going to do that, I'd rather have a tailwind, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so you notice it, um, so that's the acceptance part. You notice, you accept that you notice it and then the commitment is going, well, I'm just going to carry on with what I need to do. With my behaviour now, right. I get to my valued goal, mm-hmm. um, which is that hierarchy. So, so it's like, um,
1: which is still riding at two hundred and eighty watts, which yeah. is accepting the fact that I will be traveling at fifteen k an hour. Yeah, um, but it's sticking to, like you say, those goals of yeah. what you need to execute. Yeah, I mean, you'd be happy if you had a no wind
2: and you're traveling at forty five k an hour at two hundred eighty watts. But if there's a headwind and you're down to fifteen. It is what it is. You can't delete the fact that, you, that you'd rather not have it. Mm-hmm. You can't engage with it fully because it'll magnify it. Yeah. So the thing is to notice that you're having that thought because it's a normal thing. You're cycling and it's, it's less fun
1: in a headwind than not. Another really good example of when that kind of thought pattern pops up is, um, <clears throat> and we've talked about that reverse periodization, is when we go through um, a heavy stage of some VO2 work on the bike. And you've got work that you need to complete, and you, you're receiving what we call as data or data from your body, and learning to accept that and carry on with what you need to do, although it's it's tough. You know that that data, for example, is is your muscles and your and your body telling you that they're sore, they're hurting. Um, you need more oxygen. This is too hard. Stop now. The power is too high. I can't carry on pedaling. There's no way I can keep this cadence up. I've still got a minute of interval to go. Yeah. So this, these
2: are, these are intervals. I think we've talked about in previous podcasts, but these are like three or four minute intervals at Power that you can barely make it to that time with. Mm. So you have to be really onto it. And so it really hurts. And so what do you do with that information? where you can engage with it and it'll get on top of you and make it, it'll hurt even more and more because you'll you'll that f- fusion does. Or you can uh try and say it doesn't hurt, which is bullshit because it does hurt. get <laughs> yeah. getting away with that. Or you can just notice that it's acknowledged that it's going to hurt, you accept that, and this is just incoming information. Mm. Yeah. And carry on. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, people can if you just Google up acceptance commitment therapy, uh, it's a really practical tool that that it it sounds more way woo -woo than it is for psychology it's actually a really useful tool but it's it's exactly this right to to how do you deal with uh negative thoughts and feelings you can't stop them um you can't fight them so what do you do with them? well you just let them flow through what are the other so that so that's a good thing the other thing we've talked about is. I don't know how you deal with this. This sort of blending with the elements part. Yeah.
1: Tell me about that. But like the elements of where you are, the environment yeah. that you're in. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's an interesting one. It's. I think you've got probably more experience in that respect to it, um, and you've talked to me about it before around, um, you know, it comes back to the acceptance part. I think of, the environment that you're in. Yeah. And. You know my very early days of writing. You talked about trying to you blend with the environment of specifically the wind. Yeah, because um, that is a nuisance and it's it's a pain in the ass sometimes. Yeah, and it can really throw you. And more so, accepting the fact that actually it's okay to be in this environment. It's okay to be here, and it's okay to um, feel the wind flowing through you. Yeah. Feel the wind flowing over you, staying in the right position. Yeah. Um, and it's just accepting that I think. Yeah. outdoor sport Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like accepting that we're in a bunch of lava fields at the moment, you know? Where whereby everything tells us that we shouldn't be here because it's too hot, uh it's too uncomfortable. It's too humid. Yeah. Uh but actually
2: it's okay to beat you. Yeah. Um, I, I, I actually got this idea off a classic old sports psychology book called, uh, it's it Called dancing body think, oh, no, thinking body, dancing mind, it sounds like, it like it's the exact way around. And by a guy called Jerry Lynch, but it's all, it draws on quite a lot of Eastern Chinese philosophy, this Taoism and Taoisei Xing and all this sort of stuff, but, um. And again, it sounds way more mystical than it actually is. But actually, they just use quite a lot of this proverbs like, you know, water never forces its way through something. It actually yields and yeah. and goes round it. Um, not that that's the same as a headwind, but it's sort of the same idea that if you try to fight a headwind, mm. for example, you try to fight a hill with, when you're riding up it or running up it, then then actually this just doesn't work out that well doing that's head better off just actually. Um, accepting that's where you are and just embracing that's the different feelings you are you that in that sort of
1: space. I think once you start to try and fight it, yeah. the energy expenditure just goes up, right? Yeah. And you're burning matches that you don't need to be burnt.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's yeah, interesting. I think from
2: my point of view, it's just interesting because I think you're really good at this, actually. Um, probably this actually your major strength is the psychological stuff, but it's not what people think. When people go mental toughness, they go, Oh, they just smash their way through. It's like the exact opposite of that. Right. But like it's not that at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I'm having some structure around the goals that they're sort of things that are actually doable. Uh you know, like winning is not doable, but but finishing probably is, hopefully. Yeah. And you know, controlling the power you put out on them, or your heart rate or your pace, you're know, definitely Yeah, yeah. Matt, you drink those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, Obviously so pretty good at embracing that. And then um, you're pretty good at being calm enough to
0: notice the negative thoughts but not necessarily
2: act on them, which is actually a real strength. Mm-hmm. I think those actually come reasonably naturally to you, actually. Right. Not, not, it doesn't mean you're not. Yeah. Yeah, like those VO2 things still, yeah. 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 You'd still worry about those. 24 hours in advance, which is sort of pointless, right?
1: Exactly. And it's sometimes hard to do that as an athlete when you see it on your program. Yeah. Or you know it's coming. Yeah. You know you've got a hard brick on a Sunday. Yeah. And it's probably going to roll you and it's going to roll you pretty bad. And three days beforehand, you find yourself worrying about it. Always. I think it's quite
2: natural. Yeah, but if you can't make the number, I mean, I always said that was a fair too. If you can't make the number, yeah. you're pushing your leg down, and they won't do that power. Mm. Well, then it's obviously the wrong pound. So if we just have to readjust it until it is the right path. Yeah. So yeah, it's like this, the, the same of these issues, either they hit the numbers because you're fresh enough and everything's right, or if they can't, then something's wrong and you probably need a rest. So it's just, yeah, there, there's actually nothing to worry about. Sounds easy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, well, I would have to do it, of course, so that's easier for me.
1: <laughs> but I think actually we roll back to, I think a lot of that has I wouldn't say it. it's all attributed from, but a lot of that comes from the time I spent in those CrossFit days, Yeah, which is quite interesting. You know, oh, yeah. um, well, you turn, you know, at the CrossFit gyms a lot, you turn up to the gym every session, whether it's once a day or twice a day, no matter what the session is, it's like, like the like intensity is this high every single time. Yeah, You know, you just go, 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 go. So what, but, what
2: training principle is that?
1: Well, it's one, but there's there's like six of them, well eight that you kind of got to apply to be reasonably well rounded right yeah um, so they're ticking one box, and no, that's that's actually completely Unfair. not that's not fair, but um yeah, I mean, I just look at the way that I used to train in that respect, and that was across a period of about three years, and it it was fun, I enjoyed it, and there was a time and a place for it, but I reflect on it and yeah, every session was just, you're in the box with other people and, and it's all competitive and it's just go, 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 go. So you're always faced with, um, some sort of hurt or, or, or pain during that time, no matter what it is really.
2: Yeah. Or way more sleights around that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like short. Huge contrast. Yeah. It's a massive contrast. It's quite different, isn't it? Yeah. All right, well, I think we'll leave it at that, eh? So that's psychology. Perfect. Anything else to add? Um, Talk to again soon. That's it. See you yep.
1: If you haven't done so already, jump online, check out sfuels.com. You'll hear Grant and I more often than not referring to SFuels in our conversation chats and how we or I both apply that in training and racing. Not only do they have product that I can apply in training and racing, they also have lifestyle products that you can use on a day-to-day basis from protein powders to muesli to lifestyle bars. The product is just unreal. If you haven't done so already, jump online, check out sfuels.com.